Let us pray. God, take our ears and hear through them. Take our minds and think through them. And take our hearts and set them on fire. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. <clears throat> so last week, Molly and I uh, finally finished watching uh, season two of All Creatures Great and Small. Anyone else here watching that series? Okay, a few of us, a few of us. Masterpiece Theater on PBS, based on the uh, books by James Harriet. Um, it's a remake of an earlier series that I think ran back like in the 70s and 80s. If you haven't seen it, stories of a veterinarian in pre-World War II England. It's set in the Dales of Yorkshire. And so the cinematography is beautiful, it's sweeping, it's pastoral, and the episodes are filled with stories of small crises and family squabblings, uh, some laughter, a little bit of romance. Uh, and in a pandemic, and especially I think season one, which was in January of 2021, back before there were uh, vaccines, that the gentle sort of warm-heartedness of the series was uh, and is very welcome. Well, in the very first episode of the first season, and then later, at a critical moment in, in another episode, the main character, James, finds himself at a crossroads, literally a crossroads. There's, a, there's an overhead shot down of two country roads that intersect perpendicularly. And it's very symbolic because he is facing significant choices. Uh, which way will he go? And whatever turn he takes leads not just down another road, but it leads to a different future. And at the end of season two, and this is a spoiler alert, so if you're gonna watch it, you can cover your ears now, but at the end of season two, I think we could safely say that James chose wisely. <laughs> well, I've been thinking of that image of the crossroads, because of course, we all at times in our lives face crossroads. We face significant choices that take our lives toward one future or another. During this pandemic, it felt like we faced a crossroads just about every week including this week. What are we gonna do about masks now that the statewide mandate is being dropped? And this week, uh, the world itself is facing some crossroads. Russia invades Ukraine. There's a war in Europe that's affecting the whole world. And although it wasn't publicized or didn't receive as much news coverage uh, as the war, the UN also issued a report on climate change that is, that is terrifying. What choices will we make? Which turns will we take? In the story from Luke 4, Jesus is at a crossroad. This story happens early in his public life. This happens before he heals people, before he feeds hungry crowds, before he tells challenging parables or preaches famous sermons. Um, the first chapters of Luke, you know, we hear the stories of the birth of Jesus. There's one story of him as a teenage boy. But the first time we see him as an adult is in chapter 3, when he goes out to the River Jordan to be baptized by John. And in Luke's version of that story, we're told the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him and a voice came from heaven saying, you are my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. And then he's led into the wilderness, this episode in Luke chapter 4. So this is at the beginning of his public life. And the choices that he makes, the turns that he takes here in this story, will set the trajectory for everything else that follows. Now, he will be tempted again. He will be tested again, and sometimes at points that have shaped human history. But it begins here, in the wilderness. If you've gone to church much, this is a very familiar story, because every year on the first Sunday of Lent, we read this account, either from Matthew or Mark or Luke. And it's a thick story, a dense story. There are layers of meaning to it. 
But as I've been reading it this week, it struck me that these temptations are about what Kurt was talking earlier. They're about identity and about purpose and about character. The first temptation raises the question of identity. Having just been baptized, having heard this voice from heaven, the tempter says to Jesus, if you are the son of God, if. You can almost imagine the tempter saying, do you trust that voice? Do you believe you're beloved? Really? It's a basic question for Jesus. Who are you? Who are you going to be? And maybe more so, whose are you? Who are you connected to? Because all of us, including Jesus, are tempted to go our own way, make up our own truth, live life on our own terms. If you are the Son of God, the first temptation begins with the question of identity. The second temptation raises a question of purpose. The tempter shows Jesus all the kingdoms of the world and says, this could all be yours. What does Jesus want? What is he here for? What is he going to give his life to? He was not the first and unfortunately has not been the last to be tempted by these visions of conquest and power. All I have to do is read the paper this morning or last week or the week before that. What is the purpose of his life going to be? And then third is a question of character. What is Jesus willing to do to get what he wants? The tempter takes him to the pinnacle of the temple in Jerusalem, tells him to jump because if you are the son of God, surely God will save you. Will Jesus be willing to manipulate even God? Will he exploit people? Are means going to start to justify the ends for him? What is the content of his character? Temptations are about identity, purpose, and character. Jesus is at a crossroad. He's at the beginning of his ministry. What happens here will set the trajectory. And it matters because Jesus somehow has come to understand that he is meant to fulfill the hopes that his people have long held. Throughout history, the people of Israel were enslaved. They were exiled. They were oppressed. As these stories are happening in Luke uh, They're living under Roman occupation in Palestine. They long for liberation. They long to be delivered, not just from the Roman Empire, but from the evils of this life. They long for what the prophets could foresee, peace, justice, a world set right. And Jesus understands that he is to be the Messiah, the anointed one, the one sent from God, the Savior. But how? How to save the world? There have been plenty of other liberation movements, plenty of other would-be messiahs, plenty of others, most of them with visions of conquest by whatever means necessary, but those always only sustain those cycles of exploitation and violence and deathliness. So at the start of his ministry, Jesus comes to this crossroads, faced with these temptations, questions of identity and purpose and character. And Jesus trusted that he was loved by God, as a father loves his son, as a mother loves her children. And he trusted that love, that kind of love, God's love, perfect love, was the way the world would be saved. Not conquest, not exploitation or manipulation or all the other ways that people have always tried to dominate others, but humility and service and forgiveness and compassion, even when it cost him his life. 
And we are called to follow him, to follow his way, to trust God's love, to trust the love of God that raised Christ from the dead, to trust that the love of God is stronger than hatred or violence or fear or evil or even death itself, to trust that God's love will save us, will save all of us. We all come to crossroads. We all face choices, temptations, uh, decisions that determine the trajectory of our lives. Often, though, those big decisions that we come face to face with have largely already almost been made by all the little decisions that we make along the way, by the daily choices that are grounded in our sense of identity and purpose and character. And those begin deep in our hearts, our minds, our souls. That's the foundry where our responses, where our instincts are forged. Now, next week, we're going to talk about war, talk about the gods of war and the god of peace. The world is at a crossroad, and there are big decisions to make. But the ways we respond to those big decisions take shape inside of us as we face these questions of identity and purpose and character. As I said, this is the first Sunday in Lent. Lent is a penitential season, a season for repentance, which is a very churchy word. But all repentance really means is turning from and turning toward. It means at a crossroad, turning from one way and taking another turn, another way. It means turning from the ways that are harmful and hurtful and destructive, deceptive, deathly, and turning toward the ways of Jesus that promise to lead to what is life-giving for all. Lent is a time for turning, as we just sang, slowly turning, ever turning. So when we think of this question of identity, can we trust, can you trust that you are loved by God? Can you trust that you're a beloved daughter, a beloved son of God? Can we trust, like the prodigal, in that famous parable. Can we trust that even when we've wandered far, far away from our loving Father, that we are always welcome home, always welcome home to God's love? Can we trust that nothing we can do can make God love us less? Because if we can't, we're always going to be prone to react to our fears. Fear of failure or fear of scarcity, uh, fear of the other, people we don't know or people we don't understand. Fear and love are the two primal driving forces in our lives. Can we trust that perfect love casts out fear? Can we turn from our fears and turn toward love, toward loving God, toward loving our neighbors as ourselves? And what about our purpose in life? What do we hope for? What do you dream about? We all want a safe place to live. We all want our kids to thrive. We all want the future to be better. But often, and in America, it's especially true if you're white, <clears throat> it's come, it comes at the expense of others. It's always been true that we, as humans, readily segregate ourselves by race and class and religion and nationality. So can we turn from those tribal impulses, from that distrust of others, from the racism that privileges some of us, from the nationalism that fuels wars, can we turn toward the vision that Jesus had? You know, in the Gospels, the thing that Jesus talked about most was the kingdom of God. Can we turn toward that vision of the beloved community where everyone's welcome, no one's left out, and everyone has what they need to thrive? 
And then finally, this question of character. Our character defined once as, as uh, what you are in the dark or who you are when no one else is looking. We're all sinful, and the scriptures are pretty blunt about that. We all have streaks in us of selfishness, of deception, of dishonesty, of cruelty, of bias. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's, what Paul put, that's how Paul put it in Romans. When it's a season for repentance, for turning. So can we trust that God can create in us, in you, a new and clean heart? Can we trust that Jesus has shown us what love truly looks like? Can we trust that the Spirit can grow in us love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and generosity? Can we turn toward being more truthful, more trustworthy, more caring, more compassionate? We all come to crossroads in our lives. Sometimes we face big decisions. Maybe it's about moving someplace or getting married or the college you're going to go to or a career change retirement, or the loss of someone, the death of someone that you've loved. Every day along the way, we face choices about who we're going to be, what we hope for, how we're going to live. So what do you need to turn away from? And what do you want to turn toward? I invite you to sit with those questions for the next few moments in silence. And then you're welcome to join and sing in a simple song, Holy Spirit, come to us.